Welcome to Something Ventured, Something Gained, Tales from an AEP. I'm your host, Catherine, a teacher at an AEP. If you're unfamiliar with AEPs, stick around. You might learn something interesting. If you work at an AEP, stick around. You might be able to relate or learn something to take back to your campus. This podcast is designed for staff, students, parents, guardians, and the general public. Episode 2, School in the Time of COVID. Quick note, if this is your first time joining us, I highly encourage you to check out Episode 1 first. It will give you a broad introduction to our campus and review some terminology with which you may be unfamiliar. And then please join us back here or any other episode of your choosing. I do hope you enjoy this episode, whether you've listened to the first one or not. The District. I figured now would be a good time to get this topic out of the way since it is still somewhat relevant. Hopefully, this will be a decent snapshot of what it was like to be a teacher on our campus during these quote-unquote unprecedented times, which are feeling less and less unprecedented every day. Overall, I think our district handled it as best they could. Based on the demographics of our state and our area, there really wasn't any win-win scenario. No option existed which would make everyone happy. And so they really had to do the best they could with what they had. Based on the school board meetings I watched, most board members really felt like they were doing what they thought was best for the students. Whether or not what was best for teachers was taken into consideration is a completely different discussion for a different time and venue. And the statements made by our superintendent seemed to reflect that he wished there were more he could do. He seemed genuine, to me at least. So the overall district plan went as follows. We went on spring break in March of 2020, and we would not return to our campuses that school year, save to gather what items we needed for virtual instruction. We, meaning everyone in the district, were given an additional week to make the move as best we could to virtual learning. We were asked to extend grace and be flexible to help ensure students were learning, but also not being penalized for something so far outside their control. Summer school of 2020 was entirely virtual as well. Fall of 2020 showed up and felt like a completely different universe to that of the spring. Many people were demanding a full return to in-person learning. Many people were demanding a full return to virtual instruction. And hybrid didn't feel like a viable solution to either group. For the in-person contingents, they believed it would be detrimental for the students to lose any potential instructional time for teachers to handle the virtual learners. For the virtual proponents, having any students in the building would put teachers at risk of exposure because someone would need to be with the in-person students. The district settled on a temporary period of full virtual learning while they hammered out the details of hybrid instruction. Hybrid instruction began in October of 2020. 
To limit the number of students in the building at any one time, they went with an alternating schedule based on last name. For example, the first day back from winter break, January 5th, 2021, students whose last names began with A through L would be in person if they chose to do so. They would be virtual on Wednesday the 6th so that students with last names M through Z could attend in person. The virtual students would be primarily asynchronous, so they would access content through Canvas or Seesaw, depending on if they were junior high high school or elementary, respectively. To the best of my understanding, they would log into Zoom for small portions of time for direct instruction. And our district did elect to offer flexibility in allowing parents to opt in to in-person learning throughout the year, as long as they completed the provided form. In an effort to maintain a certain level of safety, there were some CDC recommended measures put in place. Daily health screening questionnaires, mandatory masks, sanitizing protocols, and social distancing. Each item dropped away one at a time. By summer school of 2021, social distancing was the last remaining recommendation, but it wasn't a requirement. And by the beginning of the school year in the fall, the board reported that we would return to normal instruction with no hybrid option. Virtual education. If you recall in episode one, I mentioned that we had been moving toward a blended model for nearly two years by the time COVID hit. This made us uniquely prepared compared to our counterparts within the district for a shift to full virtual instruction in March of 2020. Some teachers still had work to do to make their lessons and activities accessible via Canvas but most of us had gone that way and were able to help those who needed it. There was a lot of scanning of documents happening the week after spring break. But when all was said and done, everyone, including our science teachers who had labs to worry about, were prepared to teach via Zoom for the rest of the semester. Additionally, the self-paced nature meant that there was no required lecturing during our Zoom meetings. We use them primarily for attendance and to offer our traditional one-on-one support. For us and for our students, it was an opportunity to maintain a connection to the outside world that seemed to disappear in the blink of an eye. I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not saying any of us coasted. I'm not saying the circumstances of that period didn't have an impact on us. But when I looked around at various teacher forums, including Reddit and Facebook, we certainly didn't have as difficult of a time with the transition to virtual as many of our colleagues across the country and the globe did. For myself, the hardest part was sitting on Zoom all day, especially if I didn't have any students stay behind for assistance after taking attendance. I was a little afraid to get up and leave the room because of the off chance that a student might hop on the moment I stepped away for a cup of coffee or a restroom break. Eventually, I learned to take those two-minute breaks when I needed them. 
And it turned out my students would just message me on Remind if I didn't let them in the Zoom room to ask me if it was open. That would give me just enough time to pop back to the makeshift office on the second floor of my townhouse and click the button to let them in. There was an upside for at least myself and a few coworkers of which I am aware. The nearly unfettered opportunity to work on our courses. In the spring of 2020, I was co-teaching one period of English 4, but I was primarily an English 1 teacher, freshman. In March, the permanent English 4 teacher announced she would be retiring at the end of the school year. She was my next-door neighbor in the building. We discussed fantasy football and literature. I miss her. But co-teaching that one period with her reminded me of how much I loved British literature. And so earlier in the year, I had mentioned to my principal that I would be very much interested in taking over the content area should she ever retire. She mentioned it might be soon, but COVID pushed it to happen a little sooner than I had foreseen. And the endless hours of waiting in an empty Zoom room gave me the chance to start building my own version of an English 4 Canvas course that could be ready to go in the fall. I took most of the assignments she had, added my own instructional videos, and embedded a few engaging online tools like H5P. Let me tell you, it is way more relaxing to record instructional videos from a second floor makeshift office with a window peering down at the street than it is to record them in a classroom where you could be interrupted at any moment by a ringing phone or a knock at the door. It helps that I live alone and my dog sleeps most of the day. By the time the first day of school came calling in August, I had the entire year ready to go and was able to toss all of the paper packets away to make room in my filing cabinet. Return to Campus and Hybrid Learning. Our return to campus and experience with hybrid learning was a little different from the rest of the district, but why wouldn't it be? We are used to serving students one at a time for the most part, and they are used to that being the way things are done. So our hybrid experience was one of balancing individual student needs simultaneously. Familiar ground for us. We would open our Zoom room at the beginning of the day and the in-person students would file in for first period. The only similarity to the home campuses is that we also utilized the last name scheduling when deciding who would be in person on which day to limit exposure, at least as much as we thought necessary. Some classes were more empty than initially anticipated, and we were able to accommodate a few students who needed to be in person daily for whatever reason. Our Zoom would stay open all day with students popping in periodically for attendance or assistance. If I was in the middle of helping an in-person learner, I would let the Zoom student in and ask them to wait a moment. If I was in the middle of assisting a virtual learner, I would ask the in-person student to wait a moment. It worked exactly the same as it would if they had all been in person. We had viewer students appearing on our Zoom calls since we opened other avenues to document attendance. 
In an effort to do what was best for the students, we offered every conceivable opportunity to get recorded attendance for their class period with each teacher. Sometimes all they had to do was answer a quick check-in question via Remind or fill out a Google form on the course Canvas page. That really helped to limit the Zoom meetings to students who had questions. And then we would go back through Canvas and look for submitted work or access reports showing that they had at least worked on something in the course, even if it wasn't completed and turned in that day. It left the door open for conversations about progress without demanding that they jump through some kind of unnecessary hoops for attendance during a time when so many other things were weighing heavily on everyone's minds. I wasn't thrilled about the idea of returning in person because I was still very safety conscious, but I have to admit that it was nice to be back in my classroom and it was nice to be able to see a handful of students at a time. And I was very lucky to be in a position to be able to do my exact same job from six feet away and wearing a mask. For the more shy students of our bunch, they would just ask me questions on Remind so I wouldn't have to speak the information loudly from a six foot distance in the classroom. And honestly, the system worked better than I expected. So many of my students completed their credits and the students who weren't really thriving with virtual learning were able to return and make progress on the days they were in person. And the students who could just rock it out on their own did well with virtual and were able to enjoy spending their day however they chose as long as the work got done. Back to normal? The final step was to return to normal, whatever that looked like now, during summer school of 2021. We always have two summer school sessions. Each is three weeks long. The goal is to expedite the credits even more since the students are basically sitting in only one or two classes all day. I normally only work the first session, three weeks in June. It provides a little extra buffer in my savings account and a little spending money for my own summer vacation in July. In 2021, I opted to work both sessions since I hadn't worked either in 2020. It was hard. We get one week off between the end of the school year and the start of the first session and another between the sessions, but two weeks total just doesn't seem long enough when the environment is such a stark contrast to what we had been experiencing. It felt like we were suddenly surrounded by students all day. Not everyone was socially distancing and or wearing masks. It was a little bit like a parallel universe. However, summer school went fine and I managed to enjoy myself. Most of the students seemed excited to be there. Most were motivated. And we issued more credits and had more students achieve graduate status than I initially anticipated. Not too shabby. Somehow, it never occurred to me during those six weeks that we were back to normal and that this is what the school year would be like come August. I guess I always had a thought in the back of my head that we would return to hybrid in the fall, since the case numbers experienced a spike due to summer traveling and get-togethers and whatnot. What I definitely did not plan for 
was that the hybrid feature would be removed as an option altogether. When I learned that everyone was returning in person, I thought there would be some caveat for the small number who wished to remain virtual. Like maybe there would be one or more dedicated teachers on each campus to handle those cases and that they would limit who would be allowed to take advantage of that opportunity. For example, those who were medically fragile. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I can tell you how it felt as a classroom teacher on our campus. It felt like there were fewer students on my roster. It felt like even fewer students showed up on a regular basis. It felt like I fielded more than a few calls, emails, or remind messages asking if hybrid would be an option because of such and such a reason. Some students just didn't return at all this school year for some legitimate reasons. And here's the thing. I don't blame our district. Another year of hybrid instruction would have put a strain on school staff everywhere, except our campus, because we were basically designed for it at this point. But having a campus made up of primarily at-risk students meant that some of them were taking on additional outside responsibilities due to COVID and could have benefited greatly from a virtual option, even if it was only two or three days a week. The numbers have slowly bounced back and it has gotten to where I barely remember what it was like to teach from my upstairs office. But COVID really propelled us into our new normal, and I don't say that glibly. We have been on this road since August of 2017, the internet superhighway of content, instruction, and assessment being provided online. COVID just sped up what we were already destined to become under our principal's guidance. And I think as a campus, we are better for it. Now our students are able to be more self-sufficient in class as if they were virtual learners at home because they aren't teaching themselves from a packet of papers. We are teaching them through our videos and engaging online activities. And we get more time to provide one-on-one -on -one instruction when it is needed. COVID changed us, our students, and the world. That is the undeniable truth. Wrap up and looking ahead. I'd like to wrap this up by thanking you if you made it to the end of the episode. I hope this narrative was able to shine a little light on what life has been like on our campus for the last two years. Everyone has a different story about how they were impacted by the pandemic, and we have one too. I wish to make clear that I do not put myself in even the same ballpark as other educators during this time, because our circumstances were so unique. We didn't face the same or even as many challenges as they did. But our students, like others across the country, face challenges not related to education that had a significant impact on their learning. One area where we do stand equal with our colleagues is that of having great care and concern for our students when they are away from the school enduring potential trauma. Looking ahead, I plan for the next episode to focus on SEL and how important it is for our campus. That will give me an opportunity to introduce you to our licensed social workers 
and the programs we have to help our most at-risk learners. I hope to show you how we equip our students for life outside of school. The episodes after that will likely highlight what the end of year looks like for us, our graduation plans, summer school, and prepping for fall. And keep an eye out for the ones featuring our department and course deep dives. I can't wait to show you what all we have to offer. This has been Something Ventured, Something Gained, Tales from an AEP, written, hosted, and edited by Catherine. Please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And please like and or comment to let us know what you think.